Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word, reveal Jesus to me, and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Power is released through prayer. Come on, say it with me, church. Power is released through prayer. I want to show you a picture of Odin the dog. Come on, kids. Let's look at Odin the dog. Look at that. What a pretty dog that is. Odin belongs to one of our staff members, Robert and Brandy Cottle, and they're on our TKK campus primarily. And how many of you know sometimes dogs take this really, really big part of your heart, and they become part of your family? Some of you who are dog lovers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. Can I get an amen right there? So about three weeks ago, Odin went to the vet for his kind of checkup that he needed to do. And during the checkup, the vet found a mass under one of his hind legs. It was under his skin, but it was obvious, and it was concerning. It was concerning to the vet, and it was concerning to Robert and Brandy. And this was just before this three-day celebratory anniversary cruise they were supposed to go on and It kind of got her down, and she was really worried about Odin, so much so that the vet suggested that they do a biopsy because she was concerned about that. So now she's got to go on this cruise, and she's worrying about a biopsy because she loves the dog like it's her child, and the dog's part of the family, and she's stressed out, and she's anxious. She says, hey, this is what's going on. She put a prayer request in for her dog. Will you pray for my dog? They found this. They got to do a biopsy. By the way, pray for me too because I'm a wreck. I'm concerned about my dog. So she goes on this cruise, and she's having a hard time, having a fun time. She tries her best. The, the doctor schedules a biopsy. They come back. They do a biopsy, and they definitely determine that something is not right about this. They can't quite pinpoint whether it's cancerous or not, but she's leaning towards thinking that it is. So that turns up a whole nother level of anxiety and concern. And so they say, okay, what we got to do, we got to schedule a surgery to have this mass removed. Her words, the vet's words, I want to go deep and wide to make sure we get it all. And so about a week ago, I think it was a Thursday morning or something like that, uh, Robert is on the way to the vet and he snaps a picture of Odin, and he sends it out to the staff and says, hey, we're on our way to the vet. Keep this guy in your prayers. Keep my wife in your prayers. She's emotionally distraught about this. He's going in to do his surgery. They got to take that mass out. So it was about 7.30, 8 o'clock. 10 o'clock, Brandy gets a call from the vet. And so she's a little concerned. It's too early to pick him up. And she says, what's going on? And the first thing the vet says is, Odin's okay. Don't, don't, be alarmed. Odin's okay. Okay, so is, he, is the surgery over? Is, is, is it time to pick him up? She goes, well, we didn't do the surgery after all. What do you mean you didn't do the surgery after all? Well, I looked and looked and looked. 
And I couldn't find that mass anywhere. I was so concerned that I missed it that I asked three other techs to just check behind me just in case I missed it. And they checked and checked and checked. And I thought I was losing it. I even asked the question, isn't this the dog that we did a biopsy on and we got back a bad report? Everyone confirmed. This is the dog. He had a lump. We did a biopsy. We got the report. This is what it was. It was there. So the vet is telling Brandy, I don't know exactly what happened. I've been doing this for many, many years. I've never, ever seen anything like this happen before. I can't explain it, but the mass is gone. We can't find it. We don't have to do the surgery. You can come and pick up your dog. Now, some people might think, it's just a dog. Well, to you, it might be just a dog. But to her, it's part of the family. What if you and I believed in the power of God, the miraculous signs and wonders and healing and restoration to happen in our lives just like she believed it can happen in her dog's life? Do you think that could change something about us as how, and how we follow the Lord? Come on, anybody agree that could change us just a little bit? I think sometimes, especially if we've been in church for a long time or we've been walking with the Lord for a long time and with all of the stuff that's going in our world, sometimes we forget or we come short of putting our faith on the line and just believing God to do what seems naturally impossible to do. And I'm just convinced that God wants you and I to come up to a whole new level in putting our faith and our prayers of faith on the line for healing and restoration in people's lives. Amen? And, and that's part of the reason why we've been on this series talking about living an empowered life. Understanding the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. Starting right there in your hometown and it's going to spread and continue to spread. Now, those of you who know your Bible, you know that word power is the Greek word dunamis. And that's where we get our English word dynamite. And it's not this natural power that you find in and of yourself. It's this explosive, dunamis, heavenly, divine, God-given power that comes to an individual who opens his life up to the person of the Holy Spirit of God. And I think we need to be freshly reminded about that. When Jesus was 30 years old, he was baptized, and the Bible says that John the baptizer saw the Holy Spirit in bodily form descending upon Jesus like a dove. Do you remember that? And the Bible says that from that moment forward, everything Jesus did, every ministry opportunity, every message, every blind eye opened, every dead body raised, every lame man made to walk, every miracle that Jesus did from that moment forward, Jesus didn't do in his own power. Jesus did in the power and the partnership of the Holy Spirit of God. Can somebody say amen? That's what the Bible says. I want to go with the Bible. How about you? So let's start today by looking at Mark chapter 16. These are some of the last words from Jesus that he gave to his followers before he descended 
to heaven. I want to start in verse 17, Mark 16, 17 through 20. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to use that as a springboard for the rest of our time together. Mark 16, 17 through 20. Kids, this is just as much for you as it is for the adults. These are Jesus' words. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. They, who's the they? His followers. They will lay hands on the sick, and they, the sick, will recover. Somebody say recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, And he sat down at the right hand of God. That's where Jesus is right now. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Verse 20. Catch verse 20. And they, the disciples, the followers, went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Now, before we get any crazy ideas, let me just clarify a couple of things here, okay? Let me go back. These signs will follow those who believe. So you have to be a believer in Jesus, and you have to put your faith in the finished work of Jesus. And then he says, if you do that in my name, people who follow me will cast out demons. Now, That could be like seeing people delivered from crazy dark demons in their life and they fall out and it's obvious this was demonic. It was a possessed person. And that could be one level of casting out demons and that's extreme. But it also includes taking authority as a believer over demonic realms in your life. Over the kingdom of darkness in your life. And make no joke about it. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's after everybody who calls on the name of Jesus. So he's giving authority over demons and darkness right there. And then it says they'll speak with new tongues. If you weren't here last week, go to the website, go to our podcast. I delivered a message called, What is Speaking in Tongues? And it's not something to be argued about. Not everybody understands it. It's a little confusing. It's a little mysterious. I did the best I could. We did the best we could across all three campuses to bring some clarity and cut through some confusion. So if you want to learn a little bit about that and bring some clarity to your understanding, go back and get that. But we see that happen in Acts chapter 2. The power of the Holy Spirit came on the disciples. They were filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak in languages that they never learned, that they didn't know, but other people understood them. Some people who didn't understand them thought they were drunk. But what was that? That was speaking in these new tongues. Jesus said these would be one of the signs. And then he goes on and he says, they'll take up serpents. Now let me just pause. 
that doesn't give churches the right to have serpents or snakes in their service, okay? So I don't know if you've ever seen any of those documentaries. I have. In North Carolina, this is a California guy in North Carolina watching these documentaries up in the hills. Some of these pastors and congregants are bringing in rattlesnakes in their services. That's not what this is talking about. Can I get an amen? So there won't be any snakes in our services anytime soon. He goes on and he says, if you drink anything deadly, by no means it will hurt you. What does all this mean? Divine protection. Come on, somebody say divine protection. There's actually an instance in the book of Acts, I think, Paul was lighting a fire on an island and a snake bit him. But he didn't die. And the people of the island were really surprised. They thought he was a god because that was a venomous snake and he should have died. So some commentaries say that's what that's talking about. Divine protection. It's not a license to handle snakes and test God. Right? If you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. Divine protection. Then he goes on and he says this. They'll lay hands on the sick. What is that? That's what we just did to Austin. There's something about the transference of the authority of the believer with the laying on of hands in the name of Jesus, praying for healing, praying for restoration. That's all over the Bible. That's a sign. Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe. And then he goes on and he says this. Um, what I like it says in verse 20, it says, and the Lord was working with them. Now, if you were reading this with me, you caught this. It says that Jesus was received up into heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So a logical question is, how is the Lord working with him if Jesus is in heaven? That's a logical question. Here's the answer. He was working with him through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody say amen. That's who Jesus promised would come and pick up right where he left off. And then I love it. It says that as he was working with them when they were preaching the word and pointing people to Jesus, it says right there that the Lord confirmed the word that they were preaching by the accompanying signs. Somebody say signs. So if you're a note taker, or if you're, you're following along your study guide, the title of today's message is this. These signs follow those who believe. Come on, say it with me. These signs follow those who believe. Now, let me, let me read something to you that I got out of a commentary. I think it's worth reading. I think it's worth the time. Listen to this. The signs confirm the gospel message, and cannot be limited to the age of the apostles any more than the Lord's commission to carry the gospel throughout the world. The signs, therefore, confirm the ministries of Christ's representatives in every generation. Casting out demons, speaking in tongues, and healing all appear in other passages in the New Testament, and there's no scriptural evidence for their cessation or their ceasing or their stopping or their being done away with before the Lord's return. Now, that's a mouthful, and that's a big statement. And I wanted to make it because there are some sections of Christianity, there are a lot of churches, who believe that the signs, the healings, 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are no longer for today. There's a, there's a vast amount of Christians that believe that. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I don't think we need to argue about anything. But I just want to believe God for Him to do what only God can do. And in other countries where other people are desperate and they don't have all of the modern medicine and all the modern doctors and hospitals that we have and they have no other choice but to believe God, God's moving in power and signs and wonders and healing and miraculous things are happening. Can you say amen? Amen. And so I just want to believe God for Him to do what only He can do. And I just want to remind us that if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have every right, according to the Scripture, to begin to ask God to give you a faith that will believe God for Him to confirm His Word in and through your life with signs and wonders and miracles. Can you say amen? Pastor Robert, you mean you want me to pray for people and do that kind of stuff? How how about if we start with you just praying for yourself? How about if we just start with you laying hands on yourself and believing God for healing for yourself? If you're not there yet to pray for other people, well, that's okay. Let me peel the pressure off of you. But let's ask God to believe to pray for yourself. Sometimes when I'm sick and I'm not feeling well, you'll find me in my room. I'm praying for myself. I'm laying hands on myself. And I'm quoting scriptures that promise healing and restoration over my life and over my mind and over my body and over my health. Come on, let's pray for ourselves. Amen. And those of you who've got that down already and you're saying, oh, let me go, Pastor Robert. You're like a racehorse. You're ready to do it. Listen, I authorize you in the name of Jesus. Begin to pray for people. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit to give you opportunities to pray for your neighbors, to pray for your coworkers. Someone around you needs to hear that God is still in the healing business and signs and wonders confirm His Word. And He wants to use you to bring healing and restoration to someone. Kids on the playground, in school, when somebody sprains their ankle or they cut their finger or they bump their head or they fall off the jungle gym and you have the power of God in you, you can go up to them and it doesn't have to be this long prayer. You don't have to pray like Pastor Robert. You just say, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing over you. Thank you, God, for healing them in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. Simple. Let's start somewhere though. Amen. We got to believe God. So here's the first truth I want to give you. Real quick, three truths. Number one, A biblical understanding of signs and wonders safeguards my life from spiritual deception and enables me to live victoriously in the last days. That's a mouthful. It's in your study guide. And it's important that we hear that because when Jesus was speaking about the times before he would return and take his church up with him to heaven. We call those the end times in Matthew 24. He specifically warned his followers that there would be false Christs and false prophets that would give an appearance as if they're from God and speaking on behalf of God. And listen, they would perform signs and wonders in order to deceive God's people. 
That's what it says in Matthew chapter 24. And so we want to bring this first point or this first truth to our, our understanding because we have to understand that we have to have a biblical understanding of signs and wonders. In other words, if they don't point back to Jesus, if they don't confirm the Scriptures, if they don't point to the Holy Spirit bringing transformation to your life, even if a miracle was done, even if a sign was done, even if a wonder was done, if it doesn't line up with the book, it's not from God. Can you say amen? And it's so important we understand that. Now, this word signs, it's the Greek word semion, S-E-M-E-I-O-N, semion. Let me tell you what it means. It's a mark or a token that's distinctive. It also means something by which a person or a thing is distinguished from others and is known. It also references the signature or seal that was applied to a document in order to guarantee its authenticity. Somebody say authenticity. Okay, authenticity means that's the real deal. It's not deceptive, it's not fake, it's the real deal. Signs are used by God to authenticate the men and the women sent by Him or by which men prove that the cause they are pleading is God's cause. So that's why we see signs and wonders in the Bible. Sometimes God would use a miracle, a sign, a wonder, something powerful to prove authenticity of His messenger or authenticity of the Scriptures or authenticity of Jesus Christ. And we're not in a time today where signs and wonders and miracles are over. But it does take faith and it takes a biblical understanding of what signs are and how they're supposed to operate and what they ultimately point to. Now, if you're taking notes, I want to give you the second truth real quickly. Truth number two. While all signs and wonders are supernatural, say supernatural. Come on, supernatural. Not all supernatural power is spectacular. Let that sink in. While all signs and wonders are supernatural, they're God, not all supernatural power is spectacular. I'm going to show you one verse, Mark 16, 16, the back half. Let me just read it. Jesus said it. We saw it. He said, my followers who believe in me, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Say recover. Recover. Now, that recovery could be instantaneously, but sometimes it's progressively. Sometimes it takes place over time. Let me, let me define this word recover. It's the Greek word kalos, K-A-L-O-S. This is what it means. The word literally means to be well, to be healthy, or to be in good shape. It means to regain or to retake health. Or wellness. And when used in the context of the New Testament Scripture, it sometimes means you feel yourself again getting better and better until finally you are well and healthy. So 
I want you to know that signs are real, but sometimes a sign in your life or in my life isn't spectacular. It's not something that caught everybody's attention. It's not something you notice right now in the moment. It's something that progressively begins to happen. So that's why we want to step out in faith and we want to learn to pray for our children. We want to learn to pray for our spouses, our loved ones, like we prayed for Austin right now. And what, what I would instruct, instruct and encourage Rebecca and Justin to do is to thank God for his healing. Father, thank you for healing and restoration. We prayed in agreement according to the word of God. Parents, let me just ask, let me ask you, how many of you believe as parents and grandparents that God wants us to pray for our kids? After you pray for him, you thank God. God, thank you for healing my son. Thank you for restoring him. Thank you for bringing recovery to him. Why is this important? It keeps you in faith. It keeps the enemy's thoughts out of your forefront of your thinking. Because he's going to try to get you to think, that didn't work. God doesn't still do that today. Why would you expect something like, oh, you just need to do what the doctor says. I'm thankful for doctors. But we got to be convinced who the great physician is. Amen? So just because you pray and you don't see it happen right now in this moment, that doesn't mean that healing wasn't transferred, that healing isn't taking place, that that child or that person is not recovering and they're not getting better. Somebody say amen. Now I want you to know in your study guide, there's way more information than I'm able to cover in a 30-minute message. There's an appendix in there with a lot of questions and answers and clarity. So I want to encourage you to go back. Here's truth number three. Real quick. Every believer is expected to authenticate Christ's power with supernatural signs that follow them. Every believer. That means if you're a Christian, and I'm a Christian... God wants us to step into this. Come on, somebody say step in. He wants us to step into this. Let's look at Mark chapter 16 again as we're getting ready to close. And let's back up to verse, I think it's verse 15. Mark 16, 15. This is what it says. Look at it with me. Mark 16, 15. Jesus is speaking, right? And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Creature means person. Creature means person. Amen? He who believes in the gospel and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe in the gospel will be condemned. Now, let me pause, and this isn't a trick question. How many of you know that that's part of the Great Commission? Right? You guys know what the Great Commission is in Matthew, I think, 28? It says that Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth was given to me. He said that to his disciples. And then he said, You go. You go. He's, he's giving the authority to them. He says, You go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I taught you, and I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. How many have heard the Great Commission? That's the Great Commission. 
Look at this again. Look at it. This is part of the Great Commission. Look what he says. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a missionary. You don't have to go to Russia. You don't have to go to Ukraine. But God wants you to go to your world, starting with your family, starting with your co-workers. And when it says preach, it doesn't mean you stand up and do this. It means you share Jesus. It means you walk in love and you be a person that someone wants to come to when they're going through it. And when they come to you because they're going through it, you point them to Jesus and you share the gospel and you learn to share your story and you tell them about the saving grace of Jesus and the power that's available to those who follow Jesus. And if they'll put their faith in Jesus, they will be saved. Come on. That's the Great Commission. Now watch this. Verse 17. He's still talking in like one big voice here, right? He's not taking a break. It's all part of the Great Commission. And then he says, and, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will take authority over darkness and cast out demons. Somebody say amen. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Divine protection. In my name, listen, in my name, they will lay hands on the sick. Come on, say the last part with me. And they will recover. These signs will follow those who believe. Come on, are you willing to stretch your faith just a little bit this morning to believe? Come on. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to end our service with one more worship song, and then we'll close everything up and go have some pancakes and some sausage. Come on, John, lead us in one more song. The chasm that lay between us, how high the mountains I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine? So great a mercy What heart could fathom Such boundless grace The God of ages 
step down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope hallelujah hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living hope came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the that's our prayer today. We declare that Jesus Christ has broken every chain in our life. Jesus Christ has set us free. 
Jesus Christ has made us victorious. God, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, bringing us up in faith to receive everything that he has for us, Lord. I pray that you would just take this message deep down into our hearts and in our spirits. Help us to recognize that these signs will follow those who believe. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.